Welcome to the Display the Gospel podcast, a place where we will explore topics related to the Christian life in order to demonstrate and declare the gospel as followers of Jesus. Thanks for tuning in. Well, welcome. My name is Brett Risley, and we are continuing in our Gospel-Centered Stewardship series. And today our topic is being entrusted with the ministry of reconciliation. And you might be listening to that saying, man, that's kind of weird. What is all that even about? Um, But we're going to talk about that. We're going to see from the Bible a passage that talks about that very specifically. Um, But again, before we get started, I want to provide a definition to make sure we're all on the same page about what we mean uh, when we say the word stewardship. If this is the first time you've tuned in, thank you for joining us. Um, So our definition of stewardship is not just money. Here's actually our, our working definition throughout this series. Stewardship is the belief that everything belongs to God because God is sovereign over all things. Stewardship begins as we recognize God as exercising divine ownership over everything. Stewardship encompasses the reality that God has entrusted His people with all that He owns. We are simply managers of what has been entrusted to us. And so that's really the basic premise, is that God is the owner of all things. He's sovereign over all things. And we then, as His chosen people, have been entrusted to be managers of those things. So we've talked about things like uh, money and talent, our physical body, um, uh, our family, all sorts of different things. We've been entrusted with that. And so today I've got my friend Brent here who is going to be joining us again, and so we're, we're excited to to have another conversation together. So Brent, thanks for uh, for jumping in again today. Yeah, man, it's a joy to be here. Awesome. So we've been entrusted, the Bible says, with the ministry and the message of reconciliation. And so if you're wondering what in the world is that and where does that come from, um, I want to read the passage for you because, one, uh, we're all about truth around here on this podcast, and so it's not just an opinion that I have that we've been entrusted with this. It's actually very much straight from God's Word. So let me read this. It's 2 Corinthians 5, and it's going to be verses 17 through 21, and it says this. This is the Apostle Paul writing to a church in Corinth. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him, meaning Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him, meaning Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. And so this is an incredible passage with more than we could talk about in one podcast, but the reality is is that as believers in Jesus Christ, uh, the Apostle Paul informs us and all believers that we have been entrusted with two things. We've been entrusted with the message of reconciliation, and we've been entrusted with the ministry of of reconciliation. So, um, Brent, we'll let you jump in here right at the top. You know, what is it? What goes through your mind as you hear that passage? As you know a little bit about what Paul's writing in other places, but what does that mean? Um, entrusted with the message of reconciliation. 
really kind of surprisingly, surprisingly, what was going through my mind was this is an incredibly fun topic because to be an ambassador means I've already received something that is so mm. incredibly valuable. And now I'm a mm. representative yeah. of, in this case, the best news on the planet. Yeah. And so for me, there's this great joy as you read that passage going, oh, my goodness, I have received this, this message of reconciliation. I've been reunified with God. Yeah. And so then what came next to my mind was um, a couple verses from 2 Corinthians uh, 14 and 15 where... Uh, Paul saying, like, I am compelled by the love of Christ, mm. not to, to no longer live for myself, but to yeah. live for Him, yeah. which then has a repercussion of not only loving God, but loving my neighbor. Yeah. And so mm. this is an incredible opportunity mm. that it keeps going through my mind that we get to be a part of. Yeah. That's good stuff, man. And that's, that's truly why it's good news in so many ways, right? And we're going to talk about that, I think, here right up front. The, the reality is that, that we were born at odds with God. Mm, um, and so reconciliation isn't necessary if everything's okay, mm, right? Reconciliation true. is the bringing together of something that was previously ripped apart or separated or broken, right? And so if reconciliation is needed, well, then that that obviously shows us that there's some bad news or some brokenness right. on the front end, right? And so we see that in Romans chapter 1, we see that in Ephesians chapter 2, where Paul says that we all start off as children of wrath, the Bible says, which that's, that's hard language to swallow, if we're mm-hmm. being honest. But the Bible says we start off as children of wrath, we're opposed to the things of God, we're actually depraved in our mind, deprived of the truth. I mean, just we're just born rebelling and running away from the things of God. Yet, the Bible also says that through a relationship with Jesus, that actually, that relationship with Christ alone can restore the harmony between us and God, um, primarily because Christ um, went to the cross, died in our place, and he, His body and His life made the atonement for our sins. That means He purchased all of our sins and paid that debt for us, and in that way, He actually satisfied God's wrath, which is necessary to pay them. God has wrath that He needs to pour out because He's a just God against sin. Um, And so having a relationship with Christ makes us actually fully justified before God. And so I'm going to read another passage real quick in Romans 5, uh, because if if we're called, as we get to in a second, if we're called, if we're entrusted with the message, well, we need to first of all know what the message is. What is the message of reconciliation? What does that mean? Well, Romans 5 does a great job of kind of articulating what it means to be reconciled. Uh, to God through faith in Jesus Christ. So Romans 5, verses 1 through 10 says this, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That one verse kind of summarizes it really well, but I'm going to keep going. Uh, Through Him, meaning Jesus, we have also obtained access by faith into the grace in which we now stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And then jumping down to verse 6, for while we, will, we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's good news. We were enemies of God, yet the Bible says while we were enemies of God, Jesus died for us, mm-hmm. taking on our sin, past, present, and future. That's incredible. 
And then the Romans 5 goes on to say, Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, how much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life? More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. And so that passage really spells it out for us really well, that the message of reconciliation is all about being justified by faith alone in Christ alone, and His blood covers us, we've been made right, and that passage tells us that we now have peace with God. And so that's the message that we have been entrusted with. And so maybe just a moment here, Brent, where we can talk about, we've been entrusted with a message of eternal significance, and... What are your thoughts on that as we think about our world today? As we think about what's going on in the world, we're recording this in 2020. The message of reconciliation, is that still relevant today? Mm. What's interesting is that I've heard someone say, truth is true for all people in all places at all times. Mm. So it doesn't it doesn't depend on who you are, or where you are, or yeah. when you happen to be living. And as you're reading Romans 5, I was just underlining some verses or some uh, parts of those verses that illustrate the bad news because mm-hmm. I really do believe yeah. if you really want to clearly understand the good news you have to understand the bad news Absolutely. or the context that yeah. my life is currently in without Christ um, and on that probably a, a predominant thinking in America is I'm doing okay actually right <laughs> and so well, I don't need good yeah. news because I'm already okay I I'm a good enough person etc yeah but according to Romans 5, uh, it, our prior state before Christ was still weak, ungodly, mm. still a sinner, and man, we were his enemy. Yeah. And that is bad news. Yeah. And we deserve the eternal wrath of God because we have all yep. openly, willfully uh, rebelled against our Creator loving God. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. That bad news makes the good news shine so brightly. Yeah. And for me, also one thing that really impacted me was reading through Genesis 1 through 3 mm. and just camping out in it, slowly mm. meditating on it, uh, first and foremost, of what it had God created in its perfection, uh, not only the physical world, but the relationship between mm. humanity and God. And then just letting my mind just soak in what that life would have been like, and then what was lost. Yeah. For me, that helped the bad news <laughs> yeah. stand out a lot because I realized, oh my goodness, we gave up that? Yeah. Like, now this is what we mm. have? And so even for myself, I was already a believer. Um, it gave me this longing mm. to be... I was already restored to, to God mm. through Jesus Christ, mm. but to live more fully in it mm. and to invite people into it. But man, the bad news made yeah. the good news... So precious. Yeah, and that's so important. You know, if you're listening to this and you might be wondering, I'm not that bad, um, I'd encourage you to read Romans 1. Mm. Read Romans 1 through 11, really, (laughs) Um, and just read about that. Read Ephesians chapter 2. Um, And the point is not to beat you up, or uh, but like Brent said, you can't understand the glorious gift that we've been given in Christ unless you understand that there is a horrendously broken world in your own heart, in your own soul, 
Um, and if you are not in Christ, that reality is still your reality. You're actually dead in your sin, destined for wrath, and destined for an eternity apart from God. And, and we don't want that to be the case, um, but we want to encourage you to, to embrace Jesus Christ as your only Lord and Savior, mm-hmm. the only hope uh, that can take away your sin and make you right before God. Uh, it's not your morality. It's not your religious attendance. It's not your heritage. Uh, it's nothing. It's by Christ alone. Um, and so that, that, that is a, kind of the, the message of reconciliation, is that, wow, we were separated from God because of sin, but by Jesus Christ and His blood and through faith in Him, we can be brought back together with God in harmony with God. I think that word is important, you know, harmony with God. That's only possible, again, in Christ alone. So that's kind of the message of reconciliation, which is incredible. And even more incredible, I think, you know, the, to, to hear Paul say that we have been entrusted with that. I think there's some practical applications here that we could go on for hours, but mm. if this message is true, why aren't we sharing it more? Mm. If this message is true, why aren't we doing all that we can to get that message out in as many mediums as we can, to as many people as we can, and in a, in a, and in a way that's also loving, gracious? I think of 1 Peter 3.15, always be ready to give a reason for the hope that you have, but do that with gentleness and respect. So if this message is true, and we've been entrusted with it, I mean, we have a responsibility for this message. I think that brings some pretty heavy uh, responsibility and application for us to think, what are you doing with this message? Do you just hoard it to yourself mm-hmm. and go, yeah, that's good news for me. Glad I got it. But what about your neighbor? Has he ever heard that message? Uh, what about a coworker? Has they ever heard that message? What about your children? What about grandchildren? What about other family and relatives? What about um, the, the, the person that's making your coffee every Wednesday when you go get that Americano or whatever? Have they heard the message that they can actually have harmony with God? And if you've been entrusted with that responsibility, it also would carry to say that you should be sharing it because you've been responsible for it. So I don't know. What are your thoughts on that, Brent? Yeah, there are three things that came to mind. I'll, I'll mention them and then just start with one. And we can save these for another day or walk down these paths. <laughs> so one is in my life is that um, I talk about the things I'm excited about. Mm. Um, I'm a foodie. and. Yeah. Uh, if I go to a restaurant and eat something really good, usually my friends know about it. <laughs> and the things I don't enjoy yeah. or it's not a priority, I don't talk about. Yeah. Uh, second thing is I even found in my own life, I was kind of taught to avoid the world. Mm. So there can be this reaction. I'm kind of repulsed by mm. the sinfulness of the wor- world or mm. I'm intentionally avoiding it because mm. I might be soiled by it. Yeah. And then the last one could just be indifference. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. For me, what really changed my life was I was about 32, and God uh, totally interrupted my life. Mm. And what He was doing, I believe, more than anything, was helping me value Him above all other things. Mm. So when the things in my life were crumbling that I depended on for hope and Mm. for joy were no longer there, Mm. uh, I was at a crossroads, and He Mm. was there when everything else wasn't. Yeah. And then he, he, again, like we mentioned, he showed the good news of how mm. it was not only relevant to mm. my situation, mm. but there was nothing that was even close to as valuable or life-giving than the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. So then out of that, uh, it was like God had to fix that yeah. before I'd ever be interested in sharing it. Yeah. 
And so trying to motivate mm. someone to go share something that they're not excited about yeah. is probably not going to have any fruit. Yeah. But as God causes us to be amazed by Him, mm. and when we read His Word and, and encounter the Gospel, we're going, man, I used to, that used to be me, but look yeah. what He has done. Yeah. Uh, and I, I brought, mm. like we hear a lot of times through Pastor Mike, I brought nothing to the table. Yeah. It was His grace alone yeah. that even gave me the ability to see it and have mm. faith. That was a yeah. game changer for me, because then I'm like, I've got to share this. Yeah, I can't, I can't keep quiet about this good news anymore. That's good. That's fantastic. It makes me think of a, a, a Puritan phrase, too, that's, you know, you contributed nothing to your salvation except for the sin that made it necessary. Yeah, <laughs> you true. Know, so, so, but yeah, <laughs> we, br- we bring nothing to the table. Um, but that's, that, that is so true that um, y- you have to get the gospel right, before you get the gospel out, you know, and that's, so we have to, have to have that internal health and transformation of seeing the glory of it in our own life, and you're totally right. What we're excited about, we'll talk about and share, um, and so hopefully if you are feeling maybe indifferent towards the gospel or feeling like, well, I don't really see the, the luster in it, mm. um, I would just encourage you to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help you see it differently, help, it, help you to see it with fresh eyes, that you would immerse yourself in the scriptures and, and find that Jesus is in every scripture and to see the good news, and hopefully that as that transforms your heart and your mind and your soul, uh, it, it's only natural to talk about things you love and to share things you love and to want other people to love what you love, right? Mm, that's true. It's like if you're a foodie, you're like, man, we got to go to that same place. Like, you got to come with me, right? Oh, man, that is true. You want to bring other people into the joy that you found, and if this is the greatest message that the world's ears could ever hear, well, then we want other people to hear and experience that joy as well. Um, so that's what we've been entrusted with in terms of the message. Now let's talk about uh, the reality that, you know, in verse 19 of 2 Corinthians 5, it says, you know, we've been entrusted with the message of reconciliation. Um, excuse me, I meant to say ministry. Um, this is where unscripted podcasts go really well. Ministry, yeah, verse 18. So he's given us the message and the ministry of reconciliation. So let's talk about that for a little bit. So we know what the message is. But now we've been entrusted with the ministry of reconciliation. So what's that all about? Mm. Yeah, for me in the past, what that meant was inviting my friends to come to the church Mm. for a service or a program. Yeah. And I think that definitely has a place. Uh, For me, I I think I realize it's incomplete. Yeah. So, um, and I I still do that. There are times I invite people to something. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so what does it look like to live that out? A ministry that gets mm-hmm. into my Monday through Saturday routine yeah. and yeah. in the relationships I have. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. I think um, you know we think about we've got this message. It's the best message the world could ever hear. But but Paul says you've also been entrusted with the the ministry, and so ministry um, is an active word, right? Mm-hmm. It's not okay. passive. It's not indifferent. Um, ministry is proactive. Um, and so we, we, we get that from a lot of different places in Scripture. You know, you can't read the New Testament and, and look at Jesus' life and His ministry and think, man, He just sat in one location uh, for three years and let people come to Him, and He only talked to a few if He was up for it. He, was, he walked thousands and thousands of miles in three years taking His message of good news uh, to cities, towns, villages. He preached to thousands, but then He also poured in deeply to 12 men and taught them everything that he possibly could and taught them to train other people to take that same message to the ends of the earth. 
and that gets into the Great Commission in Matthew 28, um, which is actually in all four Gospels, by the way. Um, but it's but it's this command, and again, that's important. It's not an option. It's a command to share the Gospel and to take the Great Commission seriously. Um, and so this ministry that we've been entrusted with, again, I think it's so important. It's a responsibility. It's not an option. Um, so we have an opportunity to share the gospel with our family, neighbors, coworkers, friends, community, um, but to also, I think, live in such a way that, like you've been saying, that our lives are actually bridging into their lives, and they're seeing, they're seeing joy, they're seeing the harmony that we have with God. And so I think about even in 2020, I mean, hopefully part of the ministry of reconciliation is people look at our life and see that we have peace mm. in the midst of a world that has turmoil. True. Now, we're not perfect. Uh, there's not a day I've ever been perfect at that. But at the end of the day, though, there is a firm foundation in my life and soul that is founded on Christ. And so when the world's falling apart, I'm not. I struggle, but I'm not falling apart. You know, I have my days, right? So I think part of it, too, is taking that same message um, to the world around us and then being engaged to start spiritual conversations and ask people questions like, are you a person of faith? What do you believe? Why do you believe that? How can I pray for you? Uh, you know, share your story, share your testimony, be engaged in sharing what God has done in your life, and then sharing the gospel and trying to articulate that well. And then we could talk about that um, for hours as well as being able to articulate the gospel. And are you fluent in the gospel to actually, um, I think like you mentioned, contextualize the gospel to people's situations so they understand that yeah, if you just lost a job and you're, you're, you need finances or whatever, how is Jesus good news in that situation? Well, he could be your provider, um, and not just provider of finances, but providing you an eternal inheritance, yes. <laughs> you know, that's far more important than the paycheck that you and I receive. So those are some initial thoughts, but um, what, what else, Brent, comes to mind as we think about this ministry of reconciliation, especially in 2020? Yeah, one thing that's coming to mind is, I think it's probably fair to say that most people in America have never heard or seen how the gospel is relevant to every aspect of life. Mm. And so, yes, man, we have this amazing blessing that we get to spend eternity with God. And yet, if that's all we're proclaiming, I think people are going to miss out that the kingdom of God is at hand Mm. and that Jesus is restoring all things for his glory and our good. And so I don't mean by that that the goal is that this world will reach perfection and that everything's going to be fine. I think we see enough in Scripture show actually things are getting worse. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, I believe the church should be this bright, shining light, yeah. not only because we proclaim something, but because, like you mentioned, we there is a peace, there yeah. is a joy, there is unity, mm. uh, and it's getting lived out in ways that don't look like mm. the rest of the world or yeah. existence. And yes, that will be a turnoff to some. We see that in yeah. Scripture, but others will see it mm. in God. I really believe mm. as we are living out His truths in this world, we'll be drawn mm. to the good news of Jesus Christ. Because yeah. they will say that, wow, they don't just have words mm. to say. Like Somehow that message is transforming their lives. And yeah. There's something among them yeah. that I have never experienced in my own life. Yeah. And, and I think mm. that's one reason that I was mentioning earlier mm. is Getting actually spending time with people in their context mm. seems a lot seems very very effective and not just not just relying on the church building a program, and I, I believe it actually really resembles the way of Jesus yeah. Christ in that yeah. he was spending time with people where they were, 
in their activities yeah. and in their locations. Yeah. And that opened up an opportunity for him to manifest mm. his kingdom and proclaim the gospel mm. of the kingdom mm. among them yeah. um, in ways that were so profoundly impactful. Yeah. Um, mm. And he knew them. Yeah. He was with them. Mm. That's good. And I think we see this idea too, I mean, um, when Paul says in this passage that we are ambassadors for Christ, an ambassador represents a kingdom and an entity higher than itself with more power than himself, right? But he's not just wearing the jacket, right? Mm, he's yes. talking, he's sharing, he's living life, he lives in amongst another foreign kingdom, but he represents a different kingdom. And so I think that dual citizenship is also helpful for us to remember that we are kingdom citizens first and primarily before we are a citizen of any other country. Amen. Uh, both are important. Both can work together in harmony in, in, in a Christian worldview. But we are kingdom citizens first. And that what I love about that passage in 2 Corinthians 5 is when Paul says that, that we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. Mm. That's good. That's mind-blowing. God himself is making an appeal. He's making a plea to the lost and dying, broken world through who? Not just pastors, us, the church, people, everyday people. So God wants to make an appeal to your lost friends, neighbors, coworkers, and family through you, if you're listening to this as a Christian. God wants to speak and use you in your life. And so one prayer that I pray almost every day that I've found to be helpful that orients my mind in this way is... God, make me a usable instrument in your hands, um, because it's not about me being even used. It's about, am I a usable instrument in that's his true. hands? And so I think that's, that's one practical thing. If you're like, well, where do I start? I think you start praying that God would make you a usable instrument. And so that might look like holiness, sanctification, spiritual disciplines, more time in the Word. It might look like uh, confessing sin and getting help with things, whatever it might look like. Um, that's a lifelong journey as well, but being a usable instrument in his hands, um, but being an ambassador in your neighborhood, what does that look like? Um, are you sharing and telling and living the story of the kingdom in your neighborhood, coworkers, family, um, and just, I think, living a different way, like living the kingdom ethic, if you will. Um, but yeah, what, what other closing thoughts do you have, Brent, as we kind of wrap this up? Yeah, one of the things we struggle with is being busy and being task-oriented. Mm. Add on top of that the individualistic culture yeah. of America. There's some thing, just some variables that work against us that we have to work through. And so one of the just really practical prayers we try to remember to do as a family is, God, who do you want me to love on today? Yeah, that's good. And so sometimes that means there's mm. someone around us who's discouraged or feeling like they are not seen. Yeah. Like no one even knows they're there. So Part of it is, God, who's broken among us and just needs mm. someone to love on mm. him? Or who needs to be listened to? Mm. Uh, or maybe it's someone who's doing fine, but man, God's giving us a really unique op opportunity to be a blessing to them. Yeah. And I put both believers and uh, non-believers uh, yeah. in that prayer. Yeah. Um, but just asking God, help us to see mm. people and not That's be good. so distracted that we literally are completely unaware, mm. not only that there's people around us, but... Mm. that they have real needs that God cares about. Mm. And like you said, like He is working through us. Yeah. So I guess part of that other, other aspect of that prayer is we say, God, help them to experience your love through us. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that somehow He can and 
will. So we pray with expectation yeah. that there He is going to have people in our life that mm. day who need Him, yeah. and He is going to give yeah. us the opportunity some way or somehow mm. to love on them in a tangible way and be able to somehow, with our words, be an encouragement and look for gospel mm. yeah. opportunities. Oh, that's great. Um, well, uh, I think that's a, a wonderful picture of being a conduit of God's grace mm. to the world around us and extending may we be an extension of His mercy and His grace and His love, His compassion, His kindness, His faithfulness, His joy, His peace. Like, just thinking about that language uh, brings me excitement, thinking about people in our world that I know that need to experience those things, and then hopefully we can be the people that point up and say, it's all in Him that we find that. There's just one more thing that comes to my mind is that uh, I think I may have mentioned that around 32 years old, that God really uh, trans- started transforming our life. Prior to that, I really had no joy in mm. uh, being intentional uh, where I worked or in my neighborhood. I was definitely not discipling anyone, not trying to share the good news. It was just not on my radar. Mm. And then when God started to overhaul our lives, a really peculiar change started to occur in that something I priorly before I had no interest in, yeah. suddenly became started becoming interesting. Yeah. And then by God's faithfulness, just took another step and another step. Uh, suddenly, the very topic we're discussing right now about the gospel, what it is mm. with clarity, and then sharing it and living it out has become an incredible joy. Mm. And it's not because I figured it out or I'm talented, <laughs> but I yeah. truly believe God in His rich grace and mercy mm was able to show me this is what I was made for. And because of that, there's incredible joy Mm. in something I never knew would be so much fun. Yeah. It's not easy. Yeah, no doubt. But it's so life giving. And so I believe like for anyone if who's trying to figure out what could this look like, or man, this is hard, or I'm an introvert, or whatever the obstacle may be, God is so good Mm. at walking with us through those. And then giving us an incredible passion and joy in living mm. this out. So I have just great That's expectations good. as, as yeah. you and I and yeah. anyone who may be listening is wrestling with, yeah. what does this look like and mm. how do I live this out in everyday life? Yeah, and that's good. That's a good word to end on. I mean, again, God, God's doing all the heavy lifting True. <laughs> in our life and has through the person and the work of Christ. So uh, I hope that you're encouraged today as you've listened to this to remember that as a, as a follower of Christ, um, the, the gospel is of first importance, Paul says, and I think it's 1 Corinthians 15. And so that's the message that we want to get out into the world and, and, and encourage you. Be bold, uh, be vocal, demonstrate and declare the gospel uh, with great intentionality this week. Thank you for tuning in today. You can find a wealth of resources, including free downloads, videos, book recommendations, sermons, training opportunities, and more at my website, www.displaythegospel.com.